0: What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to Pukecast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking opium.
1: I'm your host, Pig Rainbow, and so today's episode, we'll be speaking to the team behind Penguin Knight. So, before we start, maybe you can share with me a little bit about your background.
2: Yep, so I'm Azizel. Um This is actually the first ever NFT project that I've started, and I have about um, close to two years experience in NFTs, and about three years in crypto. So... Like one of the main reasons I I've actually created this project was uh a few things. Firstly, is to make um you know play to earn more accessible and more easy to understand. And another thing was that um, I felt that play to earn projects are not uh really justifying the what 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 they're doing with their main price. So what more like what better than to do it myself, you know
1: yeah i could definitely see the whole meta change um you know from i think last year when xc came out like i was in the NFT space uh probably last year mid-june and then um that was when you know everybody even me before i started um the whole nft journey it's about hearing people playing xc and learning that you know they are investing so much money into xc uh, every month they are getting a steady income and then it, it just dawned to me like you know I think I need to study a little bit more about this P2E, right? And then, but after that, you know, uh, it came about, you know, uh, P2E, people say, you know, it's a Ponzi or stuff like that. So I'm really excited today to talk to you also to know a little bit of background because I believe, you know, the the P, you know, the pay to earn, pay to move, uh, pay to learn kind of um, module is actually something that... Uh, NFT project is can attract user. That's why it's decentralized, right? So this is something you know really, really exciting. And knowing how your team wanting to target this um, specific, you know, niche market niche is really interesting. And we have a chapter. I will also get him on board. Let me just hold on. Yep. So maybe uh, we can start also by uh, chapter. You can also let me know a little bit of your background. Chapter, go ahead,
2: fam. I think he's having some network (laughs) issues
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. So maybe we can just talk a little bit on, for example, before prior you being in the NFT space, what were you doing uh, before NFT? And then what makes you, like, are you also a P2E user and suddenly you feel that, you know what? this system is not working, let me do one project. What, what is the top process that makes you want to be a project founder?
2: You know, one of the, uh, like I said earlier, the main reasons I want stuff to make it more accessible, uh, make play 2 games more accessible and also have a much easier process onboarding them. Because uh, even though I was familiar with the crypto NFT space, when XC first launched, everything was um, like really new to me. Like uh the, the steps to even get started, it was not taught by like anyone unless of course you do some YouTube video search. But uh those those are not created by the XE team themselves. Those are people who are already inside XE, actually producing content for XE for free, you know? So um this this is not like a really kind of uh, user-friendly uh way to onboard people in and another thing was the barrier to entry was really really high for xc it was like at one point i think it required like 2k to get started if i'm not mistaken and i felt like you know this why why should it be th- this high you know like i think there's a better way to go around it so you know i did some digging and uh, tried to come up with a system where the barrier to entry is key not that high it's pretty low and the best part is if you make it mobile Everyone have access to it. I know yeah. XC also has, has has a mobile version as well, but the steps to even get to that mobile version is also really complicated. So like it is basically you can view us sort of as like a play to earn book for dummies or game for dummies kind of where the whole process will be you'll be like uh we will hold your hand throughout, basically. So like um you can think of it as like a customer experience kind of thing or from the start we'll teach you like uh, what exchange to download um how to get your metamask and how to import tokens our token especially <laughs> the akt token and also which chain to import as well and once you have all those materials ready you get started uh you will be like bite-sized videos telling you on why you needed these things uh, how it works and how you can actually withdraw your money. So with actually withdrawing your SLP or or what was there, other AXS is actually still um quite quite com- complex in a way for newcomers. So I felt that with MetaMask is actually much more simple.
1: Yeah, I think I remember that you know when I was wanting to uh, go into the XE like. For example, the YouTube people that they do like, you know, weekly videos or recap on, you know, what's the maximum or how can you, what's the game style that you play that you can maximum your profit. I think like, you know, like what you say is true. Usually the the founders, they aren't the one that kind of create the videos but it's the community itself that, you know, they decided, you know what, let me just get more people on board to the ecosystem. Uh, I'm going to record myself every week playing it and update you guys on, you know, which is the XC to buy, what is the method, you know, I already done the try and error and then now I'm producing content so that you guys can onboard it faster. So what is the difference between, for example, your project, um, how do you onboard people easier compared to like other P2IN that, that we are, we know
2: yeah, so it's quite a... Honestly, when you really break it down, it's pretty easy. So what XE was lacking was kind of like the customer service expect, aspect of it, which is um, telling, uh, providing content and providing knowledge on what this is. Because the whole target audience that XE was trying to go for is actually people who already know about the space. They don't really teach you um why why this is important or how you can start and stuff like that. All of it is by the community, which is actually a good thing as well, having the community hyped about it. But from an outsider point of view, it is like, oh, this guy wants more people in, not the founder themselves. It's sort of like a MLM or Ponzi scheme in a way. Like why isn't the founder himself or oh, creating content to like help onboard people, but um having the community themselves do it so how how you're going to go around it is by like once the game is downloaded straight away you'll be faced with multiple tutorials on what you should have before you get started so it is really simple we will uh hyperlink each um thing they should download so for example uh the first thing they should download is an exchange all right and we will see which which um exchange is actually compliant with the laws in their country or city and then uh, we'll put the like like most recommended exchange you should download and once they get it downloaded, they should get MetaMask and after MetaMask they should know what to like which chain to import like BAT20 and then import our token and once they have all of this ready they go in, we also will have this like sort of educational sec- section in the game where there'll be like one small UI. Uh, if they click, it actually teaches them um, from the very beginning, the very basic aspects of Web3 and what they should actually at least know, like the most basics they should know. And all of these videos in this educational sector is all kind of like the TikTok style video. So it's pretty engaging and um, you know very, very bite-sized. You won't feel very bored because one of the biggest things that stopping people from coming to Web3, crypto, NFTs and stuff is that knowing they have so many new things to learn, it's quite a big burden. And by actually giving them bite-sized info, maybe every week they can learn it slowly over time. This actually helps take off the pressure.
1: Yeah, I I think it's, it's really important, for example, for people to, you know, uh, getting information, knowing how to getting on board. So, for example, just say for this, um, do you have like, you know, you are creating a P2E game, which is you need a kind of like a big size or experienced team to do it. Then you are also creating content, uh, creating, you know, daily updates. So, for for example, your team, um, how, how do you form your team or, you know, how many people are currently working on the project? So for
2: all of these like features and benefits in game, all of these come in stages because at the end of the day, what we need is, um, also funds. So how how it work is we can we do it one by one, so in stages. Like the first thing we release is the staking, for our AKT token, followed by the marketplace and the gacha and then the educational sector. So, like uh, right now. The team just consists of the founders, the marketing executive, which is chapter here, um, collect managers, community, uh, community managers and stuff. But what we lack in right now, we partner with people who are established. So an example is none of us in the team are like professional tokenomics creator or token token developer. So what we did was we actually. Partnered with Morpheus Labs, which who actually have their own token in Coin Market Cap called MTX, and they're actually in the top one thousand tokens of all time in Coin Market and they have um, also created many many like tokens for other projects as well. Um, not necessarily NFT, but uh, crypto projects, and um, like a lot of what we lack in is where the partnerships comes in. And in order to establish these partnerships, funds are needed. So that's why everything comes happens in stages.
1: Yeah, it be- it's because, like, you know, the difference between, for example, when I'm talking about Web3 and Web2, Web3 is always about, you know, leveraging someone's strength instead of building your own. So I definitely agree with you on the terms of, for example, if you guys are not good in tokenomics, you don't have to stress yourself in in terms of like you know creating tokenomics um, understanding you know how much tokens you need uh, staking how much tokens you can generate etc but the best way to go about it is just leveraging for example uh, a launchpad or a um, you know advisor or people that has already done it and that is so much easier you know to to launch a project and things like that so in terms of you know Currently, we are heading towards the bear market. Where, where do you see um, this P2E uh, market kind of, or this P2E NFT project fits in the bear market? So currently right now,
2: um, even before us, there were actually still quite a bit of play-to- earn games that were um, out there and actually have already minted. But um, from their mint, I can actually tell that not a lot of people is confident. Um, in the, to earn space right now, and also, um, like the main strategy, is really really different from when the bull market was, um, uh boom market was there. You know, like, um, one one project that I may quote recently. What happened was that uh, there was this project called Project Suisse. I'm not sure. I'm. Do you know about it?
1: Project uh Suisse S U I S E I right.
2: Yes. Correct okay so so what happened with them was like there were there was some like the main strategy was all wrong, and from like they were actually a really, really 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 good project. they had everything in place, their demo was amazing um but what what was lacking was just trust and confidence from the community, and right now, of course, like seeing that actually scarce scares like uh me. And other paid one project founders, but um, I feel that you know having persistence and showing the community what you can do uh, is something something you can do to counter sort of that that miscommunication, that trust and confidence building.
1: Yeah. It's because, you know, even in the market, we see a lot of, uh, like, you know, stigmas about uh, P2E isn't sustainable because, of course, when it's bad, when it's the bad market, everybody wanting to, you know, cash out the SLP. Um, the, in, the There's a lot of reasons behind why a P2E isn't, you know, isn't functioning as well as it's supposed to. I think one one way we can, or the way I think about, you know, for example, XC is that most of the people or the whole scheme about it is more towards earning SLP and cash out. So at at end of the day, you know everybody is playing the game. End of the month, everybody is cashing out, and the liquidity from the whole pool of the coin is just keep you know dumping and dumping. Why? Because the whole system is kind of like you know an investment whereby every month I'm getting, for example, 5 10 percent rebate, right? And during the bear market, it's fine because you know price is going up, people's confidence on on, on the project is high, people keep you know buying more XE. Uh, pumping more money to SLP and then the model work. But what happens is suddenly, you know, uh, the market take a 20% dip or in crypto, 50%, 70% dip. Instantly, you know, nobody wants to purchase more uh NFT, for example, x c and then everybody wants thing to thing to cash out the SLP and then cause the whole system to tank. So in your project, I believe you have studied like mono you know, multiple projects, understanding the whole uh, tokenomics on it. Where do you see or how do you like see your project can do different?
2: So with Axie, what I think they were lacking was um, obviously sustainability. But um, that is where you know, you question the source of ink like revenue. So their their main source of revenue was like mainly from their Xs that they that they sell on the marketplace, the transactions, the the uh um, like basically not enough revenue coming in to support SLP. So to actually counter that like any other mobile game, uh um, how how they stay free in their app store play store is ads. But in this case for us, um the ads won't be you know those pop-up ads where there's some random game with a very small X button at the corner. <laughs> but actually yeah. um like um how do I say this? Like okay. Um the first point I told you was that uh we would teach the um uh player what exchange to download. So this is like actually the perfect opportunity for big or major exchanges to partner with us uh, for their marketing purposes, where we advertise their platform, so these these deals can be in the millions because uh big exchanges spend like heavy amounts of money on marketing, and having having like themselves mar- marketed on a game, or advertised on a game, like brings huge volume to them. Especially for newcomers, they don't know what exchange to download. Once we push out, say Binance. And they are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. They say, they asked me to download my and mine. And so the amount of volume we can bring for them is like crazy, especially if our volume of players are huge. And another thing is uh the second type of ads we're doing is this type of thing called um token of the day or token of the week, where we advertise uh cryptos uh tokens and actually do like sort of an internal review and put it out there. So like Let's say let's say Polka Dot, for example, we do a review on them. Uh put like uh seven out of ten pros, cons, utilities, blah blah blah. And then it's up to the uh players to choose whether they want to invest in them or not. But this still um, sort of pushing out like their their token to everyone in our game. Which is why um the the ad money that they will spend with us in the game is huge as well. Not to mention, other than just being uh, a play-to-earn game with, with uh, you know, you playing, you play and you earn, we also have, like, the marketplace and the gacha, and both of these are actually sources of revenue for us as well, because for the gacha, uh, what they're doing is basically paying money to roll for characters or accessories or, or or weapons. and And like any other game, this is also a huge source of income, like maybe Valorant, League of Legends, where they cash for skins. So these are all sources of income for us to actually sustain the AKT and also the whole project itself.
1: I see. So thinking about this, um, the AKT tokens, um, is it something that, for example, when they play the game, they earn the tokens? Or like when you talk about staking, can they stake their characters and earn the token as well?
2: No, no, no. I'm, I'm not not really a believer in staking your NFTs for tokens, I, I don't feel that like it actually that model works so kind of like as well, you play games, you play, you play let's say uh, a round of uh, PvE with, with your teammates or stuff where you fight against like a giant boss, so the loot they drop is AKT and sometimes accessories as well and some of the accessories you can actually trade in the marketplace to sell for AKT and another thing is uh, the campaign and stuff. Uh, that's where after you win, you earn some AKT, but there is a cap at the amount of AKT you can earn. Uh, and the cap is decided by the amount of penguins you hold. So the more penguins you hold, your cap is larger. And this goes uh, on a daily basis. And what what's not sustainable about like the previous day to games I like actually is that their sell pressure is way too high. There's no incentive for buying SLP because the tokens they get is like just given out there's, there's no reason to use SLP other than cashing out but for us to counter the heavy sell pressure there's also a heavy buy pressure so the heavy buy pressure is because like AKT token is used on every single um transaction game so in the marketplace in the gacha uh even staking everything is all in AKT so if you want to buy something you got to use AKT you know, if you if you manage to trade your items, you what you receive is also cool. ET. Yeah. Yeah. Is
1: it's, it's always about, you know, for example, having that tokens and then like like what what you say, right? An NFT stake and then they earn the token. But later, what do they do the token that makes the whole difference about it? So I I've seen like, you know, projects for example, they they stake and then they get the token. But the token is probably only just to buy marketplace. Well if it's in the like I say, bull market, then that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot, like, tons of, you know, white list to buy from. But when we see, like, you know, for example, right now, a major drop in terms of even projects, like, I have a, a team that does project for, like, you know, does collabs for puke cars and stuff like that, but there's not much white list to give away. And also, the, the amount of projects they're getting in, you know, is getting less and lesser. And that when that happens the quality or the, the usage, the use of you know the tokens reduce and then makes the whole the whole system unsta- un- not not sustainable. So if when you're telling me for example you know the whole ecosystem that you guys are building can be used for the token. so it makes the whole thing more interesting not just as a medium to cash out in an exchange to get the money, but also like for example to upgrade your skin to upgrade the power so that you maybe you can get more loot and stuff like that. So in terms of like for example the, the whole game to be out, is it like you know, right after the main holders can play or maybe you can roughly guide me through your whole roadmap?
2: Yeah, so how this is gonna work is first what we are doing now is actually pushing out a demo game. So this demo game will not be sort of the final look or feel of this demo game is not the final look or feel of the final game. But it is sort of just for the community and the players to just understand how the mechanics in-game will work especially during the fighting uh, fighting aspect of it. And after the demo, uh, after min will be uh, maybe in about 3 months or 2 months will be the AKT pre-sale and public sale. And right after the AKT pre-sale, public sale will be the beta, which is probably in about 5-6 to six months. So maybe a 1-2 to two month gap between after the AKT public sale and after the beta is where the final game comes out like at a much uh later stage. But in between that is you no know, the whole community is engaged because while we are building out the game, um, there's this thing we have called like the DAO voting system. So the whole community is engaged throughout the whole building process. So everything from the game's UI to how the boss looks to how strong the the boss should be even storyline and law, all of these will be voted on by the communities and the holders. And this this is how we implement their ideas in our game to make sure everyone is sort of engaged well.
1: Yeah, when, when I when I talk, look at look at it, you know, from a from a user's perspective, like for example, building a P2A P2E game is like super complex in terms of like you know the level of the boss which boss uh, requires to drop how much of the loot uh, how much AKT they are able to drop and stuff like that so are you guys like currently having a you know game developer in house or you guys are actually outsourcing to somebody who has like you know built tons of game and stuff
2: so because none of us are game developers or <laughs> uh, all of us just knows how to play games <laughs> so what we did was we outsourced and one of the partners now is AXAS studios which is uh part of kaiju uh Kaiju Legends, if I'm not wrong, I think that their name was Kaiju Legends team as well so uh they will be in charge of actually creating the beta game for us so this is this is uh like they're they're just in charge of creating the beta, but everything else like um how the game should work and the direction of how the game is is all by us. And why why we are actually able to do it is because we have tons of gaming experience, if you may.
1: By by any chance, are you like a big fan of like what kind of games you play? Like Valorant, L O L. Which kind of games you play?
2: So so as of now, majority of it is like Valorant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how, Just a how, lot of Valorant. Yeah, yeah. I think don't, don't can verify. But, but how long do you spend on uh, Valorant a day?
2: I think it used to be like before Before I started this project, like maybe three hours a day. But after I started, and, and you know, so many, there's so many things to do, probably about one game a day at most. Yeah, I think I think that's about it. Just to like take my mind off uh, <laughs> everything.
1: That, that, that is your therapy, bro.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the funny thing is, like with Valorant, uh, it actually just kind
1: of makes me more mad. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels good you know <laughs> yeah yeah I mean but I, well I was talking in a, like beginning of this whole podcast At the time it was like the BF party so BF party also initially they stand out to, to want to do not P2E but more towards like having multiple um, you know like mini games and stuff and also it's always you know the founder uh, is a heavy gamer spend a lot of time in gaming and then sees the lack in the market and then wanting to use his knowledge of the game to, you know, like, like, you know, a gamer will know what other gamer wants. So I I think that is the whole whole aspect of it. Like you see, like I myself is, is not really a gamer. Like I never played Valorant before, but I always know that if you are into a game, you kind of know, you know, where you have to improve, what you have to do, and you engage in the community and stuff. So I think that is where the whole, you know, the whole thinking thought process come through. And, one, one quick question is like why penguin oh
2: so yeah I've answered this lots of times too
1: <laughs> so funny thing is um,
2: like he came to me in a dream <laughs> like I, I was watching a sort of documentary on animals yeah uh, I kind of like documentaries and uh, I think that I'm not sure if there was one on penguins but anyways after watching the documentary I went I went to take a take a nap. And while, while taking the nap, you know, I just kept thinking of like penguins in armor or with weapons. And I was like, wow, like penguin knights. Then I woke up, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to say yeah Yeah, let's name
1: it penguin knight, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, I think you you kind of like uh, foresee the whole top process because currently right now, uh, just like two weeks ago, somebody spent four hundred e from Penguin. So I think Penguin is definitely a way to go, bro. <laughs> yeah, with Paddy's kind of like clutching up for us, you know. <laughs> It is like, a, <laughs>
2: wow, a miracle.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's just talk about, you know, um, uh, when, when I was looking through your whole white paper, it's about, you know, the three issues that uh, Penguin Knight is trying to solve. So the first thing you talk about is like lack of retail buy in the crypto space. Uh, maybe you can illustrate or give me a better understanding on what you're trying, what, what you meant by that. Okay. So, um, okay. As as someone who
2: has no idea of uh, crypto and NFTs, uh and, and, and like you have never bought any before, what are like the things you always hear or what is stopping you from getting in? Mainly it's because like what you hear is oh crypto is a Ponzi scheme, uh crypto is a scam, uh crypto is so volatile, you you should just stick to stocks. And uh I'm not gonna risk my personal capital just for myself to mm-hmm. lose like all my money in just a day or so. And and how Penguin actually steps in to help with that, is by letting you, you, even as a non-holder, play and earn. Of course, this won't last forever. It's sort of like a marketing um, stunt, if you may, to onboard more people in and actually teach them about how this works. So this this uh, thing where even non-holders get to earn will only last about three to six months, which is just enough time for them to actually learn about what this whole space is. And, and like, if I want to tell you, like, if if um you are not you are not into crypto or anything, I told you, hey, you know, you should download Penguin Knights, the the game, the the game Penguin Knights, and oh. you actually earn money for free. Of course, their their first thought process was there's nothing, nothing is free. But um once they actually download and play, they actually realize like, oh, this is really, uh, kind of free. It's free money. I can use this this uh month AKT token I earn in game to actually trade for tokens that i was interested in before just i didn't have the funds to buy because i didn't want to risk anything so this actually helped encourage us more retail buyers um in the crypto space
1: yeah i i totally agree with it because you know the like i said the first thing when when i was uh, you know, checking out projects or coming to the nft space the first few projects was xc it's always you know about like the the top process would be for example right now i purchase a product right i purchase an nft and after i having that nft what it gives me what kind of access so if if it gives me a token what can i use the token for and i think a p2e games as the first project coming in it's kind of makes sense for people who you know un- want to understand the whole system so for example you mean the nft you can use the nft in the game and then when you earn the token you can use the token in the ecosystem so it's always going to be something like I, I think the whole NFT concept is always going to be like this. Like, having the NFT gives you the ownership of the whole ecosystem. And it depends on how the projects want to grow the ecosystem. Like, you know, recently we see, for example, CloneX, right? they they they, they Having a CloneX enables you to mint or get... The merch, whereby when, for example, if you have a Clone X DNA Murakami, you are able to get like three to four uh, Murakami merchandise, and when you mean it, you get you get the, for example, the physical products. So it's always having that Clone X giving you ownership or access to something that nobody has it. And I think this is the power of NFT because then it makes sense for holders to hold NFT. So for games, it's very simple for people to understand even like they are new in the space. So I, I, I always think about it. And I, I think that, you know, this kind of uh, projects or this kind of system makes sense for newcomers. And from the way I see it, you are a lot of your you know, your marketing or your initiative, you are very focused in terms of onboarding or bridging from Web2 people to Web3? Is that something that you are targeting or you are mainly wanting to focus uh getting Web3 people in the game?
2: Yeah, so that is the main objective, which is to onboard Web2 gamers onto Web3. And the biggest reasoning behind that is, you know, Web3 Web, Web 3 only has this much people, you know, compared to people who know about stocks or is invest, investing in stocks, that it, our like margin is just so, so low. And... Because we want, like, the partnership with those ads and big, big um, uh, exchanges or tokens, right? We, what we require on our side is actually a huge volume of players. And what better to do so than onboarding people who have no idea about Web3, which is Web2 gamers. And by having them onboard, uh, it, like, creates this whole new group of people that is, that might be potential um, um. Web3 investors and I feel that this will actually help the Web3 ecosystem so much better especially since uh, even in OpenSea the trading volume has dropped to like, like stupid low levels <laughs> like we might even see a whole like this is yeah. our way of helping the Web3 space
1: yeah what do you think is the challenge for example like currently right now if you just say I'm a Web2 gamer and somebody come and tell me you know what Playing Web 2, for example, Valorant, you only spend more money, you don't gain anything. But playing a game in Web 3, you actually gain something. But there is still that barrier of entry whereby you know, people still prefer to play in their Web 2 game instead of hopping to Web 3. So what do you think that barrier is? The barrier is honestly just entertainment. It is
2: how the way you shape your game, how fun it is. Because like if you see all the other Web Three uh play to earn games, it is pretty mundane after a while. But what if you build it and market it sort of like uh for example Riot, the way they throw out content, teasers, even storylines behind each of their each of their characters. This helps build attachment to to the gamers. So like um uh, it is how entertaining your game is and how attached. They are to your characters or to your game.
1: Okay, so in terms of like, for example, um, your your when you're talking about your game, right? So maybe you can share a little bit, like you know how how is your game mechanic works or what what kind of game are we looking forward to?
2: It's sort of like a merger between many many different games, but uh, what it is when you break it down it's just like a two D scrolling fighting game. And how this will work um is sort of like for example our campaigns. Our campaigns is pretty straightforward. It is like uh you immerse yourself in why the penguins are fighting in the first place, the whole storyline and why they are fighting against like robots. Like why the hell is penguins fighting against robots? And all of this like uh story about how it all started and the gameplay is sort of uh quite uh not say anything new, but it is like your penguins are fighting against waves of uh, robots before reaching the final boss. And in between, there'll be like mini puzzles. So if you think about it this way, um, when you start the game in campaign mode, after reading the story and everything, uh, you get to a stage where you can actually scroll between the four different penguins. Let's say you have four different penguins. You can switch between them like Genshin Impact. Like you switch between your characters to do combos and skills and defense, stuff like that. And when fighting waves of monsters, it's sort of like uh castle crashes. And then when you reach the final boss, it's sort of like a bit like um uh what's that game? Um okay I forgot the name of the game, but basically it's a lot of elements of different games combined. So it's 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 uh like even for the puzzles in between those waves of monsters, Pokemon has that as well. Like, you have to, like, move rocks to move to the next stage, sort of, something like that. And yeah. for our so, two, so, it's, baby, like,
1: it's, like, kind of, like, while you're playing, in between, you have, like, some sort of very small mini games that kind of, like, you know, change the whole game direction and then you continue the game. Something like, like that, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, correct. Um, You know, we, we, we are going to have, like, since I said, like, we're going to have the demo game out, this will actually best represent like the the mechanics of the fighting in the campaign mode. And uh but the the demo game won't have the puzzles in between because we just want them to know how the game would flow. Yeah. Right? Like the skills, the mechanics, how you switch between the characters and stuff. And um for our PV PvE aspect it is almost like Maple Story. Like really really similar to Maple Story where you match with uh three other players and all of you using your penguins to fight one gigantic boss, and mm-hmm. if you win the boss, you get like major loot. So this is how we we sort of plan out the gameplay to be like. But of course, additional things like additional game modes will be added slowly, um, uh, like in like uh in stages to to make the game more fun, in a way.
1: Yeah, so uh roughly when are you planning to roll out the like the demo for people?
2: The demo will be about uh, I would say the twentieth of September this month, I would say. Twentieth to twenty fifth maybe a rough range between twenty to twenty fifth. But of course if it's earlier,
1: uh that'll be best. And the best <laughs> so, part is so so meaning that. Um, for example, for the listeners here, if they are keen they don't, to purchase the NFT, they can go and try out the demo first, right? Yes, of course, of course. Anyone
2: can try the demo as long as you're in the Discord. <laughs> anyway, even if you're not in the Discord, you can actually try the demo. And the reason is um, our demo game is actually going to be listed on both um, Android Play Store and iOS. So all they have to do is just have your mobile phone, um, have some Wi-Fi, download the game, and you can actually just play the demo just like that
1: yeah because in in terms of like for example when we talk about p2e games or you know NFC projects that want to do a game the strongest i feel the strongest statement is actually having that demo game right and if like users even before me they can go and try out the game they feel it's fun they like it, it is an instant uh, you have your customer data already, or your customer, or your buying buying customer, right? So I think this is a really strong, for example, a strong point that you guys can do in terms of launching it, getting people on board, um, doing a challenge on it, and then the more people get to you know experience the game, I think that that is whereby the community will build on itself. Yes, 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 exactly. So. so so when, when talking about I, I saw something interesting uh in, in your for example in, in your white uh, white white paper, right? That you said that you guys have um like the one ones, the thirteen legendary, and there's like six of the characters that are determined by the community. So is that like the community can decide how the character looks like or is it something that you know you onboard artists from the community?
2: So by by that I mean, like, uh, the, the 13 legendaries are for future, sort of future animal fighters, which is something I should have corrected my, my, my grammar in, in the medium, but uh, because every single animal fighter collection will have 13 legendaries, or maybe even more, like, half of it will be chosen by us, half of it will be chosen by the community, By chosen by the community, I mean, like, you give them a few options, like, which type of legendary would you want, what type of class, how it looks and everything all of this can happen in our Discord by this like voting we choose one, two, three, and then A, B, C sort of thing. It's, it's a pretty simple process, but this this actually gives them a chance to choose what they actually
1: want. Okay. And maybe we can uh before we Ask questions uh, for for the floor. Maybe you can end by this. Like you can share with us what kinds of benefits um, of having like the Genesis Collection.
2: So I would say, if your your goal is to simply just earn money, and you don't care about what we're doing, you don't care about what you're trying to build and everything, you just want money in your bank. Uh, what you can actually do, uh, as a like if you mean task is be able to buy in AKT pre-sale because our pre-sale for AKT is only for our holders. And buying in pre-sale ensures you have a cheaper price compared to the public sale. So which means if the public sale happens, you are already maybe 30 to 40% up. Which is sort of like an almost guaranteed way of you to make money. And and um of I'm not I'm not like recommending you to instantly sell during your AKT during public sale, but like if that is your purpose. Buying AKT pre-sale is the easiest way for you to make money. You don't even have to flip your NFT. You can still hold your NFTs. And, um... Like, having having holder holder uh, benefits include you actually voting for the in-game stuff, but this time more premium. Like, more important aspects of the game. Voting will be done by holders. And for more, like, basic stuff, like the UI will be chosen, like, voted by the community. And... Um, you know the best, best, best utility I I feel having your holding your penguin knight is just by having that multiplier attached to those penguins, and which means that instead of maybe playing, um, four hours a day to earn your cap of AKT tokens for the day, you maybe only have to, like, play two hours, and you can earn the cap while while we are still in the marketing stage where holders and non-holders are able to earn AKT.
1: I see. And in terms of that, meaning that having multiple genesis, you have a multiplier as well in the numbers of, or like how quick you can accumulate the AKTs, right?
2: Yes, correct. So the more penguins you go, the faster you can earn your cap for the day.
1: Okay, I, I think I pretty have the whole concept, your idea, you know, your project, mission and vision on what you want to build. And I'm definitely looking forward uh, to even participate in your demo games this coming 20th. <laughs> yeah, so okay, thank you. guys, uh, let's just, you know, open the floor. Whoever has uh, questions, you can just click on the request button. Uh, once you click it, I will just pull you up on stage. You can ask directly. And if your question is good, you can be rewarded with a whitelist. Okay, so whoever is here, um, guys, just feel free to uh, raise your hand. I see in the crowd, we got uh, Crypto. So shout out to you for always being here in the space listening to me. Thanks a lot. And the rest of you guys, if you guys have you know any more questions, just feel free to raise your hand. And maybe uh, chapter, you want to share a little bit on you know yourself, how you formed and became a team with uh, Penguin Knight. Chapter is maybe shy. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 do you even meet chapter, bro?
0: Hello, hello. Oh, Gina. he's here.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, brother.
0: Sorry, I've been having some network issues.
2: <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Hello,
0: hello.
1: Yeah, I, I, you can hear you.
0: Hello, how are you doing
1: I'm good. <laughs> good, brother. How are you?
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. Very good. Um, so what were we saying? How how did uh iPhone become part of Penguin Nights Yep. Um. Well, me and. Uh, a few uh, friends run a Web3 agency, they're in the stage at the moment, uh, in, the, in the space at the moment called web Free Special Deliver um, and is part of the Nifty Nuggets brand and basically Azazel reached out to the Nuggets um, saying they needed someone to help out with market um, and I've helped out uh, quite a number of projects in the past um, and yeah, we got on a call with Azazel. I like the vision that he was going for. Uh, we had great chemistry, and yeah, it was blossomed from there. And I really believe in this project, so yeah, I've been putting everything into it to try and help him out and get this uh, get this project off the ground, basically.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thanks a lot, reddy Yeah,
0: okay, guys. So I uh, yeah. wi Wi-Fi. You
1: see? You see?
2: <laughs> I think he, he, he's maybe one second behind but anyways like a, a basic sum of what uh, Chapta said was that uh, I kind of found him through, through Nifty Nuggets because I reached out to Nifty Nuggets you know saying hey you know I need help with marketing because that's not something I'm good at and that's where uh, Nifty Nuggets helped reached out to the people in, his, in their community and this agency that they have and that's how Chapta actually got on board with us
1: All right. Cool, cool. So it's it, it's uh I think like like what I say, right? In the web three world it's always about leveraging each other's strength and if they have like, you know, nifty nuggets have like strong community, strong launch for projects, definitely working with all these people can even boost your whole um, your, your whole project,
2: right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> all about all right. it's all about connections here. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. So, guys, uh, I think uh, we we reached to the end of the space. Uh, really appreciate you guys here for listening to this. And uh, if you guys love the space, remember to just hit on you know the notification button. Uh, click on follow us, and also subscribe to our newsletter because we will write a summary of of all the spaces that we do uh, if you don't have time to so re-listen to it and uh, thank you once again Penguinite, SEPTA for you guys are being here spending your time with me and I wish you all the best and success to your project bro
2: Thank you, thank you thanks for hosting as well and thanks for uh, everyone here who is actually listening to us speak <laughs> I know it might be boring at times
1: no problem, no problem. It's all about you know the game mechanics, how to make it sustainable. So um, once you know we you even we push out, people also will hop onto the space and listen if they if they're interested in. So thanks a lot for being here. Take care now. Bye guys. Bye.
0: Enjoying the podcast? Go to the Pukecast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All Things Rainbow. All Things Rainbow. Rainbow.